Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. We begin as NBC News anchor Brian Williams has publicly apologized for making a mistake when recalling a very dramatic story in which he was supposedly shot down while flying in a Chinook helicopter. We asked the U.S. Army to take us on an air mission with them. They accepted. Just before we're able to make our drop, radio traffic makes clear this routine mission is running into trouble. When the helicopter we were traveling in was forced down after being hit by an RPG. On this broadcast last week, in an effort to honor and thank a veteran who protected me and so many others, I said I was traveling in an aircraft that was hit by RPG fire. I was instead in a following aircraft. This was a bungled attempt by me to thank one special veteran and by extension, our brave military men and women, veterans everywhere. I hope they know they have my greatest respect and also now my apology. On Lance Armstrong, the global governing body of cycling has just announced moments ago it will ban Armstrong for life and strip him of his seven tour titles. Yes or no? Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. Did you ever blood dope or use blood transfusions to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. In all seven of your Tour de France victories, did you ever take banned substances or blood dope? Yes. I view this situation as um, one big lie that I repeated a lot of times. Lance Armstrong is a fraud. There is nothing about him that should be celebrated. Outside of Livestrong, practically everything about him should be excoriated. Hey, welcome to Believer's Church. And what would Jesus say to dot, dot, dot? And this weekend, it's as you have already witnessed, what would Jesus say to Brian Williams and to Lance Armstrong? Both caught in lies. Lance cheated like crazy to win. And what would Jesus say to them? And I want you to know up front, especially if you're visiting, um, I'm not going to be ca casting stones at these guys. You know, Jesus said, let him without sin cast the first stone. So uh, this is going to be all about redemption and all about what would Jesus say to help them grow so they don't repeat these mistakes? And what would Jesus say to them after, can you imagine being humiliated internationally? Both of them were humiliated internationally. And what would Jesus say to them? You know, I struggled with lying. Uh, before I met Jesus, I was a professional liar. And I remember um, I was in junior high. My mom had upset me. She disciplined me. I wasn't happy with the discipline. And I went into our basement, and we had a back room. And we had this long wall, and from the floor to the ceiling, it was loaded with boxes. Like, the, you know, the Christmas lights were in there and the trees and everything you can imagine. And I wrote on every single box... One of the things I wrote is, I hate you, Mom. And then I wrote terrible things that I can't even repeat publicly on, on, on that. And I know I was a creep. I know, I know. So, so then my mom saw it the next day, and it broke her heart. Then my dad came home from work, and he lined us up. Now, I had six brothers. And one nice thing about having that large family is there's always someone that's not home when dad's trying to find out the truth. And there was a couple brothers that were working. They, they were missing, my older brothers. But dad lined us up, and he asked every one of us. And uh, when he came to me, 
and I'm the only one that knew it because I didn't share it with any of my brothers because I knew it would leak. So I didn't say a word. I'm the only one that knows I did it. When my father came to me, I said, Dad, I can't believe someone would do this to my mom. And when I find out who they are, I'm going to double discipline them. And I'm lying like crazy about it. Now, just so you know, I accepted Christ at 19. And when I did, I told my mom it was me. And I apologized to her and apologized to my father. And we're going to talk about this thing called lying today. All human beings are tempted to lie. Before we meet Jesus, I think all of us do lie in one way or another, right? And I can tell you, my parents never sent me to lying school. And uh, mom and dad never said, hey, Joe, did you do your lying homework? Come on, you need to become a better liar. I can't remember when I didn't lie. And then I met Jesus. And when I met Jesus, he began to grow me and grow me out of that part of my life. But it, it took a while and it was an instant. And one thing I think most of us know for Christians, even after we're a Christian, we still live in a body that has a sin nature. And it's always trying to pull us to sin in one way or another. But when we accept Jesus, he re, re, remakes and re, 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 uh, births our inner man, our spirit. So our inner man doesn't want to lie. But then we have one other part, and that's our mind. And our mind's going to go either with our inner man or our sin nature. And if we don't fill it up with the Bible and renew it, we'll lean more towards the outer man and we'll end up struggling like someone that's not even a Christian. So there's hope for all of us as we grow. That's why I always pray at the end of worship, one way or another, I'm going to say this in my prayer, Lord, change us from the inside out, transform us, because that's really the only way we change our lifestyle is God changing us from the inside out. So today we want to just take a look and ask ourselves, what would Jesus say to Brian? What would Jesus say to Lance? What would Jesus say to Junior High Joe? What would Jesus say to Christian Joe, Pastor Joe? What would Jesus say to every one of us in this room when it comes to cheating and it comes to lying? And we're going to have a blast as we do it. Some of you know who Brian Williams is. Let's talk about him just briefly. And some of you, if you're younger, you're obtaining your news from different sources, so you may not know who he is. Uh, but he was the most popular news anchor, nightly news anchor, in TV, more popular than anybody on cable, anybody on network news. Um, he, he was at the top, and that's amazing when you think about it. he took over for Tom Brokaw, who was an American icon, and Brian kept it going. But Brian was caught in 32 different lies. That's a lot of lies. And he was caught on this international platform where everybody knew who he was. And so I just want to cover three of them and just help you understand what happened to poor Brian. Uh, the first one was Choppergate, and we, we heard some video clips from that. Uh, he said he was on a chopper going into uh, Iraq, on the invasion of Iraq, and he said how uh, his chopper was hit with, with, a, with a missile, and, and then he talked about when somebody said that's not true, the pilot of the plane said that's not true, or the chopper. Uh, then Brian said, I was in the one behind. Then the pilot of the chopper came out and said that's not true. He said that happened with another set of helicopters, we were in no danger at all, and Brian was caught in his, his lie. And they, they all kind of came out simultaneously, and Brian kept lying to cover the lies until there was no way to cover the lies anymore. The next one was SEAL Team 6, and most of us know who SEAL Team 6 is. They're the elite of the elite Navy SEALs. They're the best of the best, and they always have these special, special assignments that 
takes tons of skill, and so they send him to do it. And Brian said that he was on the helicopter with SEAL Team 6 flying into Baghdad. And he's saying this publicly, and he keeps saying it over and over. And finally, the SEALs came out, the head of the, the SEALs, and he said, nobody, no civilian ever, ever flies on a mission with SEAL Team 6. Brian's lying, so then Brian's caught in another lie. And then there was also the Berlin Wall, and, and Brian said that he was there when the wall fell down, and then that lie was uncovered. He wasn't there. He went after it fell, but he wasn't there. So we're going to ask ourselves, you know, why, why did Brian lie? And we're going to ask ourselves, what would Jesus say to Brian? Then there's Lance. Lance won seven Tour de France's. That's absolutely amazing. To win one, this is a bicycle endurance race, to win one would be remarkable. Do you know that he had $30 million a year in endorsements for products? All from winning these seven Tour de France's. He won these after he overcame cancer. So, I mean, what a story. He overcame cancer, almost died, and then he wins seven Tour de France's. But then it began to come out that he cheated in order to win. And one person said it, and then another person said it. And he was accused of three things. You saw Oprah bring him out. He was accused of using testosterone. And we usually connect that with a bodybuilder. But the reasons the bodybuilder's muscles blow up is because they spend three hours lifting weights and they eat a specific diet. But all kinds of athletes use testosterone. It's illegal. They use it for endurance and they use it for uh, recuperation from injuries and from training. They can recoup quicker. And then he was also accused of, uh, he used EPO, and that's a peptide hormone. And what it does is increase your red blood cells, and that gives you an advantage because they carry oxygen to your muscles. And that's what Oprah called blood doping. And then he also used blood transfusions, which is amazing when you think about it. He had his blood taken out. Just before contest, he'd have blood, extra blood given, which gave him even more red blood cells. So he had an, endur an endurance advantage over anybody he competed with. So when it came out on Lance, Lance lied, and then he became very aggressive towards the people that brought it out, and it was huge. And finally, on Oprah's show, he fessed up, and he said, yeah, I did it. And so we want to just ask ourselves, what would Jesus say to Lance? What would he say to Brian? What would he say to us when it comes to cheating, when it comes to lying? And I believe there's three things. And what I did is I asked myself this question, why do we lie? And I came up with these three reasons we lie. And then I asked myself, what would Jesus say to that reason so we can go to the root? Because if you can go to the root, you can change everything. And so that's what we're going to do as we take a look at this. And I believe the number one reason we lie, we break the rules we cheat is for approval, just for approval. We just want somebody that matters to say, you're important, you did a great job, I accept you. And Lance had a real problem with this because his father abandoned his mom and he when he was two years old. Can you imagine that? And I really believe Lance was on what I would call a lie sickle, and he was peddling for approval. The poor guy was just peddling towards approval, man, wanting someone to say, great job. You did a really incredible job, Lance. We're very, very proud of you. And oftentimes, you and I look for this thing called approval. 
I'm going to share just a personal note story here, and I don't want you to think I'm being negative, but I, I grew up going to parochial schools. Then my senior year, I transferred over to Howland and graduated from Howland. But in grade school, when I was in parochial school, most of our teachers were nuns. They were, you know, wore the black habits, and they were sisters of Notre Dame. And for some reason, I don't know if it's because they never had children, they didn't know what to do with kids. And if you, if, if you were like really a kid, like a boy, and all you wanted to do is be at recess kind of kid, they, they didn't know what to do with you. And they spoke so many negative things over me, and I never had affirmation from them ever, 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 ever. And it actually caused me to become bitter, and I really believe a lot of the things I did was based on not having approval from a person that I really could have used some approval from. And I'm sure there's some of you in this room, that person that should have affirmed you, should have approved you, they may not even be alive anymore. And... I really believe Jesus wants to fix that in each and every one of us. And I can tell you, he fixed it in me, and I can tell you how he fixed it. But listen to what Lance said. Lance said this, your past forms you whether you like it or not. Isn't that true? Now, Jesus can change us and break us loose, but it does form us. And if we're not aware of that, we, we can be stuck in something that causes us to make decisions that are just not the greatest decisions. <clears throat> Lance said this too. He said, a boo is a lot louder than a cheer. <clears throat> and when you're looking for approval and affirmation, that is 100% true. So here's our question. What would Jesus say to Lance, to Brian, to Joe, to you, when it comes to us feeling we lack affirmation or approval? And I really believe Jesus would say this. I approve of you because of what I did not what you do. And that is incredibly life-changing. Now, you know, we oftentimes talk about in Christ realities, or we talk about when we accepted Jesus because of what he did, this is how God sees us. That's the in Christ realities. And it's one thing to know them here. It's another thing to have God open up your understanding to them. And freedom came into my life when I understood this statement, I approve of you because of what I did, not what you do. And I believe if Lance could understand that, if Brian could understand it, it would change the very way that they live their life. And I believe that's the root of why so many people lie and they cheat. They just want somebody to say, great job, because they didn't hear someone say, great job, when they really needed to hear that come from a person. And here's a cool scripture, guys. It's Romans 4, 23, 24. It says, now this wonderful statement that he was accepted and approved through his faith wasn't just for Abraham's benefit, accepted and approved. It wasn't just for him. Verse 24 declares, it was for us too, assuring us that God will accept us in the same way he accepted Abraham when we believe the promises of God who brought back Jesus our Lord from the dead. Now, what is this saying? It is so incredibly cool. It's saying that God approves you. He approves of me. He accepts you. He accepts me, not because of what we did, but because of what Jesus did. And listen to this. When you believed and accepted Christ as your Savior, God approved of you. God accepted you. It's the most mind-blowing thing in all the world. So think about how incredibly awesome 
this is. Now, I realize there's coming a day when I'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And like the majority of you in this room, you know what I want to hear? Well done, Joe. You did a great job. You know how I live my life? I live my life wanting to please God. And so I strive to live a life that's pleasing to him. But here's what's important for you and I to understand. I don't do it so he'll accept me. I do it because I am accepted and I'm so grateful. I want to live my life for, for God. I want to live full blast for God because I am accepted and he does love me. And I love what Colossians 1.22 declares, and you'll hear me quote it often if you come to church here. It's the most incredible verse of scripture. It says that you and I are holy, blameless, and without fault before God our Father if we accepted Jesus. And verse 23 goes on to say, if you keep believing, that's true. So does God want us to sin? Does God want us to cheat? Does God want us to lie? No. Is God giving us a ticket to lie, to cheat, to sin? No. But you'll never be able to say no to the temptation to cheat, lie, or do anything else until you know that you are holy, blameless, and without fault in the sight of God. And I really believe that Jesus is wanting us to hear that, and I believe it's going to change some of your lives. Many of you know it, but there are some of you, this will change your life today. Here's the second reason I believe people lie. I like to say it this way, for parity. And it's kind of like the saying, everybody's doing it, you know? It, it's so that we can compete with others who we believe are cheating and lying and doing some things that they shouldn't do. So sometimes we do it for parity. And listen to two things Lance Armstrong said. He said, before my diagnosis, I was a competitor. And that's his diagnosis of cancer, but not a fierce competitor. Then I said, I'll do anything I need to survive. Then I brought that ruthless, win-at-all-cost attitude to cycling. Now, that's a great attitude to have, but you don't want to say at all costs. In other words, I'll cheat, I'll do anything to win. That's okay fighting cancer, do everything you can. But when it comes to life, we, we don't want to break rules in order to win. And that's where Lance missed it. And also he said this, if everybody cheats, is anybody cheating? And, and that's not just popular in sports. Isn't that popular in school? And you see someone cheating on a test and you think, well, they're cheating. Maybe I, I should cheat. I'm not going to be able to compete with them. It happens in every area of life. I'll never forget this incident that happened in my life. Um, Tony, my brother Tony and I, he's my older brother, one of my older brothers, um, we had this bodybuilding gym, and we were really heavy into bodybuilding, and we trained a lot of bodybuilders. And then I accepted Christ, went to Bible school, and, you know, went a different direction with my life. But my brother John, he was a lot younger, and when he came of age, he got into bodybuilding, and he blew Tony and I away. He was way better than we could ever have been. And John got into all these contests, and I went to watch him in a contest, and I just sat there. I was so proud of my younger brother and uh, he, he did so well. And I think he placed third place in that particular contest. And, and uh, afterwards, I was talking to John. And I said, John, I'm amazed. Your discipline, because he spent hours and hours in a gym every day. And there, there was, I think, a two-month period where he ate grilled chicken with no skin and, and, and raw broccoli. That's all he ate for every meal. Can you imagine that for every meal? That's, that's ugh, gross. So, but, but, but that's what he did. That's what he did. Disciplined as can be. And so afterwards, I'm just congratulating him. He said, thanks, Joe. And I'm already Pastor Joe at the time, you know. And John's a member of our church. Uh, he's here today. And, you know, I said, thank you, John. And, um, or he said, thank you, Joe. And then uh, he, he made a statement to me. He said, you know, Joe, he said, this is so frustrating. I said, what, John? He said, 
you know the guy that beat me? I said, yeah. He said, he's taking steroids, he's on growth hormones. And John said, I'll never be able to beat him unless I do the same thing. He said, that's not fair. But then he went on to say this, and it really blessed my heart. He said, but Joe, I've decided I'm not going to cheat to win. And I was, I mean, I smiled. I was happy for a year plus after that. I mean, it's like, yeah, that's my brother who made a decision not to cross a line so that he can win a contest. And I really believe that's a temptation in every area of our life, just not sports or areas like that. So I, I think the question uh, that, that we want to ask is, what would Jesus say to us if that's why we would cheat or lie for parody? I believe Jesus would say this, a lie won't lay hidden forever. This is, this is something that if you can get a hold of it, it will, it will change your life. Um, listen to Proverbs 12, 19. Remember, Jesus wrote the Bible. Truthful, truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. And I can tell you in my pre-Christ life that those lies do get exposed. The majority of them will come out and it will, will hurt you. It will impact your life greatly. And there's just no way to cover some of it up. My dad used to tell me, son, don't lie, because someday you're going to forget what your lie is, and then you're not going to, you know, you're going to get caught in your lie. And, and I remember lying to cover up a lie, and then I lied to cover up the lie that I lied about, and then I lied to cover up the lie that I covered up the lie to lie about. Confusing, right? That's very confusing. And sometimes I was so confused, I couldn't remember what I said or what was true. And even if that's not the case, sooner or later, the Bible's telling us it's going to come out. So, you know, I prayed hard for this weekend, and I said, God, I know there's going to be very few people, very few people in church that have a lying problem, but Lord, I, I just pray that the ones that are here, I, I said, Lord, just let their lives change forever. Help them see the truth. And there are a few of you in this room that God wants to change your life forever. And if you need approval, man, he, he wants you to see that you are approved in Christ Jesus. And if you're doing it for parody, he wants you to see that sooner or later it's going to come out. And this is a turnaround day for you. This is a day where you can turn around and change everything today. And I'm believing that's going to happen. But can all of us agree that all of us are tempted if we don't outright lie? Isn't it tempting to spin the truth sometimes to where, you know how you can say something and you just don't say everything. So you cause people to believe something that maybe isn't 100% true. And all of us are tempted to do that. I remember when my kids were young, you're going to see that I was sometimes a terrible father too, um, but when my kids were young, we always had Wednesday night service here. It was a big deal. I taught it in, in the old days, and I'd always tell Gina, go home. I'll wait. The kids were in youth. I said, I'll wait. I'll bring the kids home, and I would take them through McDonald's every Wednesday night, and, uh, and I would say to my kids, you got to eat it before we arrive home, and, and then I said, now, if mom asks you, did dad get you McDonald's, you have to say yes. But if she doesn't ask, don't say a word. And uh, so it was, you know, don't ask, don't tell, right? And, and uh, so we did that for years and years just because I wanted McDonald's. See, that's why we did it. It wasn't to bless my kids, right? So, so I taught my kids, which was terrible, and I had to correct that. Uh, and to say, guys, we twisted the truth. We weren't being 100% honest. So that's, that's also lying, and it's something we have to grow in. So here's the third reason, right, for damage control. And that's what I did with the boxes, right? I lied for damage control. And all I could think about is if I told my dad I did it, 
this is back when it was politically correct to spank your kids, my butt would have been red for a month. I mean, it would have, it would have been, I just thought, I'm going to lie because I don't want the pain that's going to be associated with me coming clean at this time. And don't we see politicians do this all the time in the public spotlight? It's what Brian did, it's what Lance did. They get caught, and then they get in more trouble for lying than if they would have just said, I did it. And so sometimes we do it for damage control. And I ask myself the question, what would Jesus say in order to help us in that area? And I believe this is what he would say. I'll help you after your actions hurt you. Sometimes our actions hurt us, but Jesus is there to help us. And that's important for us to know. And I think it's very important for me to make this statement. You know, if you go out and rob a bank um, and you're caught, and you say, Jesus, forgive me, he's going to forgive you, but you're going to go to prison. And uh, that's important for you, to, you and I to understand. Sometimes we have to pay an earthly penalty, but you know what? God will give you the grace to walk through that. You make it right with God, he'll give you the grace to walk through that penalty. And if you really make it great with God, he might even help you get early parole as you live that Christian life and, and you just do everything that you need to do. But you know what's most important to me? is to know I'm accepted by God, and I'm right with Jesus. And Jesus, I believe we'd say, I'll help you after your actions hurt you. And I want to read one of my favorite, favorite sections of scriptures, Hebrews 4, 14 and 15. <clears throat> but Jesus, the Son of God, is our great high priest who has gone to heaven itself to help us. Therefore, let us never stop trusting him. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses since he had the same temptations we do, though he never once gave, to, uh, gave way to them and sinned. Now there's another verse we'll read in a moment, but this, these first two are amazing verses. A high priest is, uh, in Bible terminology is someone that intervenes for you. They, they uh, stand in the gap for you. And Jesus is our high priest. And here's what I love about Jesus Jesus is God, he always existed, but he took upon himself a human body, and he faced every temptation that you and I face, but he never, he never said yes. So being tempted is not a sin, it's when we say yes and we give in to it. But you know, Jesus was tempted to lie, Jesus was tempted to cheat, Jesus was a carpenter, and he had to be tempted to, you know, cheat a little bit on a job and figure I'll cover it with this piece of wood and they'll never know what I did inside. He had to have those types of of temptations. He had to be tempted to lie to his mom and lie to his dad, and he had to be tempted to do all kinds of things, but he never, ever gave in. And he's in heaven, and he loves you so much that he's up in heaven waiting to help you. Think about this, no matter what you do. And listen to the next verse, verse 16. It says this, so let us come boldly to the very throne of God, that's prayer. We go to God in prayer and, and stay there to receive his mercy and to find grace to help us in our times of needs. And this goes with anything, not just, you know, if you lie or cheat, not just if you sin. Sometimes we need to go for help because a storm of life, life itself just hit us and we had nothing to do with it. And we just have to go to heaven and say, hey, I need grace. But the first word mercy, you know what that's all about? Mercy, guys. Mercy is when we are the reason we're in trouble. And isn't it good that even when we are the reason we're in trouble, 
we can go to God and God will give us mercy. He'll forgive us. And then the second word is grace. And in this context, do you know what grace means? God's ability that supersedes ours. That's God's strength, God's ability to help us say no, help us walk through the problems that we're walking through, help us walk through the aftermath, the damage control. God wants to give you grace, and he'll give it to you for any area of life, and he'll give it to you when, you know, you have to clean up the mess maybe that you created. God wants to give you grace. So when I think of this scripture, I'm going to say something, and, 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 and hear me out. After, hear me out. I'm going to make a bold statement, okay? And I'll tell you why I, I make such a statement. I am convinced when I wake up every morning that Jesus looks at God the Father with a smile and says, Joe's up. And God the Father says, yeah, Joe's up. I love that guy. Joe's a great guy. And Jesus says, he's the best. And listen, listen, I believe they smile every time they think about me. Now, it's not because I'm perfect. I am one of the most imperfect people in this room. You hear my stories. And, uh, and, and, and not only that, I'm not perfect where I'm at. I'm still striving and struggling and still saying, God, forgive me for this and God, forgive me for that. But why do I think that way? Because I know that it's not how perfect I am in and of myself. It's because he made me holy, blameless, and without fault. Jesus went through my temptations. Jesus is an understanding high priest, and God loves me no matter how many times I fell and fall. Sure, I'm going to say, God, I want to make it right. That's very important to do, but you know what? If you're sitting here and you say, Pastor Joe, I don't believe when I wake up, Jesus smiles or God smiles and says, I'm so glad you're up, but he does, and that's what this message is all about. This is what Brian needed to hear. This is what Lance needs to hear. This is what all of us needs to hear. God loves you for who you are, and he loves you because you're in Christ, and he smiles every time he thinks of you and every time he hears your name. And that, if you can change that, I believe you're going to change everything in your life. And even after I make a mistake, you know, and uh, Gina and I get in an argument, and, uh, you know, I say, you know, I bite her head off or whatever, you know, uh, whatever it is, I know that when I tell her, forgive me, and then I go to God and say, forgive me, I know God smiles at me and loves me and cares about me because he knows Joe is not perfect. And as we close, I believe this message is a really important message for all of us just to ask God, open my eyes up further to these truths that I am accepted and loved because I accepted Jesus, because I believed in him. And then for God to help us grow and for us to see these truths more clearly than we have ever been able to see them. And there are some of you, you need God's help right now. Maybe it's something you didn't cause. Maybe it's something you did cause. And God's wanting to help you right this moment. So let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray for a moment, guys. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you so much. You're so good. And Lord, I did my best to bring out what I consider one of the most incredible truths in the Bible. And here's my prayer, Lord. Open up our eyes further than they've ever been opened concerning this area. Lord, for those that struggle with needing approval, parity, or damage control, Lord, I just ask you, show them the truths that I talked about today. Change them forever. And Lord, as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, man. 
we know there's a couple. I know it's not many, but there's a couple in here right now that, Lord, they're, they're ready to come clean and say, I'm going to stop cheating. I'm going to stop lying in my life. I'm going to make it clean with you, God. And Lord, I thank you for this being a moment that will change their lives forever. Lord, and there are others, you know, like me, we're just keep trying to grow. We have areas in our life we keep trying to improve. And, and Lord, for some of us, we're going to just say, hey, open up our eyes further in this particular area, Lord God. So guys, as heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Some of you might have kids that have fallen out with you because of something you did or maybe a mate and you have a struggle right now because of something you did. And this is a time to go to the throne of grace. Whatever it is, whatever you need. And for those of you that are doing great, man, just give God some thanks. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to take 30 seconds. I'm going to be quiet for 30 seconds. And all you have to do is whisper. God understands and hears whispers. And I just want to give those that need to have a moment with God an opportunity to have a moment with God. Father, make your love and your acceptance of us more clear than it's ever been in every one of our minds. Guys, can we stay in an attitude of prayer, heads are bowed? Perhaps you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Joe, um, I heard you talk about Jesus and what he does when we accept him. And you might be here saying, I can't remember a day in my life when I made it personal and I made it real with Jesus. So I want to give you that opportunity to do that right now. And listen very carefully. I'm not asking you to join our church or, or religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church or a church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are all great things, but here's what I'm asking you. Can you remember a day in your life where you made it personal, you made it real with Jesus? Can you remember the day when you said, Jesus, I believe you're the Savior, and I make a decision to follow you today? I mean, you could have walked in an atheist, agnostic. It doesn't matter. God, by his Holy Spirit, touches our hearts, and if you're here and you say, he's touched my heart and I'm ready today to make it real and personal. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else, would you help them pray? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Now let's make it personal. Jesus, I believe you're the Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you up out of that grave. This day, I accept you as my Savior and make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.